From depletion of clerical ranks to the need to rev up customer service, federal agencies have lots of incentives to bring on artificial intelligence. For a snapshot of where that effort stands at the moment, we turn to Claude Eusty, a partner in the public sector Watson Artificial Intelligence and Data Platform at IBM Global Services. Mr. Eusty, good to have you on. Good to join you. Thank you. We should let people know we're talking about a recent report that the IBM Center for the Business of Government came out with on artificial intelligence. What were you trying to find out in the first place with this study? And we also did it with the Partnership for Public Service, by the way. The study was to look at the adoption of artificial intelligence and in government. I think we've all seen it in uh, private sector. We use our cell phones and our smartphones have AI built into them increasingly, or we buy things, and AI is behind the scenes helping make the purchase happen. And the question was, in government, how do we expect it to be adopted, and where will it have an impact, and what are some of the current lessons learned that agencies have gathered applying artificial intelligence to government work and how might other agencies learn from those? And what are the early lessons? Because it's not that widespread yet, I guess it's fair to say, in federal applications. No, it's in an early stage, as you said. I think there are a few key lessons. You know, one of the lessons, I think, is around the scale of what you attempt. And agencies have been starting with small pilots that they can then iterate or enhance repeatedly and grow into something bigger, more useful. The notion of artificial intelligence, as you said, is still young. So it's not as if somebody can pick the really successful place to apply AI with a high degree of certainty. So it's important to use these early stages as a learning curve. Uh, I've used it. I thought this was going to be a great place to get value out of it. In some cases, it is. In some cases, maybe it doesn't, deter- it doesn't return as much value as you'd hoped. And you go look at another uh, area to focus on. So that learning curve of small projects to build on, I think, is important. The other one is, as you think about the, uh, the way forward, we need to start helping the government workforce get a working knowledge of what artificial intelligence is and what it isn't. Right? It's not a silver bullet. It can be very powerful and useful in many settings. But just like we all learned how to use a calculator or a spreadsheet, but we don't necessarily completely trust it. We still have to use our judgment to say the answer we see is right and it's useful. It's important that people gain a working knowledge of artificial intelligence. So when it provides a recommendation, because we don't see artificial intelligence replacing people, it's to augment and assist people, they can judge whether that recommendation is a useful one. It's also fair to say that something artificial intelligence is not in its entirety is simply the orchestration of automated processes, which start to look like artificial intelligence, but that doesn't incorporate the learning aspect of the software. That's exactly right. You can automate something, and you can do it lots and lots of times, and potentially you automate a mistake. Uh, So what you want to do with artificial intelligence is exactly what you said. You execute Uh, artificial intelligence against some information. And because new data is coming in and new potential patterns are coming in, you're going to learn something. That learning needs to go back into the algorithm to make it more capable over time so it improves its accuracy. And this is also a really important part where we have to be aware of bias. You know, that's been in the news a lot, concerns about bias in artificial intelligence. And there are approaches that You can design AI systems by examining the data, the question being answered, the approach, the the method of building the AI that can be 
used to minimize that. And that needs to be incorporated into the thinking as well. We're speaking with Claude Eusti, a partner in the public sector Watson Artificial Intelligence and Data Platform at IBM Global Business Services. And something in the survey that you have done with the partnership caught my eye, and that is the Treasury Department, according to the report, has the greatest number of people in its workforce, the greatest percentage of people, 36 percent, that could possibly be benefiting from artificial intelligence. What does that figure telling us? The basis of that table, which looks at different workforces and different agencies, is to examine the type of work that someone is doing. So I'll give you an example of a role that probably could benefit from AI. If you're an analyst and you look at data and determine the meaning of a trend or a process, you probably spend a portion of your time gathering the data organizing the data, making sure you have a complete set of data before you can do your analysis. The usefulness of artificial intelligence is to help with that front-end task that's repetitive and to free up more time for an analyst to do what a human is really good at, which is judgment, analysis, thinking, which is not currently the greatest strength of artificial intelligence. So what we do is we couple the strengths of both. And in an organization like Treasury, you have more people that do that sort of analysis work. Uh, There are other tasks where you might be supervising the physical installation of uh, hardware or the building of a facility. And AI may be useful, but probably in the course of your day, it has less of an impact in the near term than someone who is doing a lot of Uh, numerical and data analysis work. So that brings up the question of who should be involved in the decision and the design and deployment of artificial intelligence systems. Sounds like it's not just the IT people. Not at all. I think one of the keys is you need the subject matter experts that are doing the work involved. And one of the things that I think can make AI more effective is you really focus on human-centered design. By that I mean It's not that we're going to take some artificial intelligence and sort of plop it on the desk in front of a person and say, make best use of it, but it's to understand the work that that individual does, where they spend their time, what is useful work, and what is kind of repetitive, I got to do it, but it's not where I want to spend my time type of work, and then design the artificial intelligence around that process versus it's just a technology tool. It's meant to help the process of getting work done and to be an aid to the person doing the work. A lot of people in the federal government do one of two activities. One, they adjudicate cases for applicants of various benefits in a number of different agencies or people that need redress for some purpose. And the second activity is answering questions that individuals have with their particular circumstances juxtaposed against 50,000 pages of rules. And so sometimes those adjudications take forever and get backlogs or the questions can't get answered accurately. Are these the ripest areas for artificial intelligence? I think there are two very strong candidates. So let's take each of them for a minute. If you think about claims adjudication, a lot of the time that you spend on a claim is aggregating, gathering up all the data to know that you have everything you need to process the claim. Uh, sufficiency or whatever you'd like to describe it as. 
that's a task that artificial intelligence can help with. It can be reading the content and saying, I find everything in the, uh, in the uh, information that's been provided, or there's information missing, and here's what's missing, and I can assist with sending notifications about what needs to be required. As you go through the adjudication, sometimes the rules of adjudication can be pretty complicated. And it isn't always the case that every adjudicator would assess the same set of cases the same way uh, because it's experience-driven. So helping by providing guidance and saying, having seen numerous other cases that were adjudicated, they came to this conclusion, here's a suggestion. The adjudicator still needs to make the call, but that ensures potential fairness improvements that say we're consistent in how we're looking at the rules and how we're applying it to different cases, and we understand the basis for why that adjudication was made that way. So that's one approach for that use case. And then if you think about questions, in a lot of cases, a lot of instances, some questions are very repetitive and fairly mundane, uh, and they can be answered very quickly. And our assessment from these studies is those are the sorts of questions that are uh, possible to automate an answer for, because what you want is for the people to be working the hard questions, which is not where AI is going to answer the question. But you free up the time to say, rather than having to address answers very quickly to a lot of people, let's move some of that work off your plate so you have more time on the difficult questions that need some further consideration, and you can give more personalized service to the citizen who's asking for the assistance. And do you think we'll see progress and tangible benefit from AI in the next two years, five years, ten years? Oh, I think we'll see it in the next couple of years. Uh, it's evolutionary. You know, there's, there's no uh, on-off type of thing for AI but we will see it coming up in the next couple of years, and I think it'll pick up speed. Uh, one of the things that we need to do, we learned from uh, the discussions, is we need to build trust and confidence, uh, both with our government employees who are going to be using it, that they can know why they can depend on the AI, and also on the citizens and others that are affected by the artificial intelligence, that they know that they're being treated fairly and equitably with the use of artificial intelligence. I think if we do those sorts of baseline work and we build it into the business process well so that it assists in the work rather than it's just a technology tool, then that adoption can accelerate. Claude Eusti is a partner in the public sector Watson Artificial Intelligence and Data Platform at IBM Global Business Services. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. Find a link to the IBM Center and Partnership Center report and to this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.